Hello, and welcome to No Clear Direction. I'm your host, Bill Gladwell, and this show is dedicated to giving tips, techniques, and real-life advice to help you build your communication skills, expand your comfort zone, and make you a better human being. If you have any questions or comments, contact me through my website at hypnosisforhumans.com. Enjoy the episode. The first step of this system is make a friend. That step, however, runs through the whole communication that you have with your probable client and every interaction that you have with that client afterwards. As a matter of fact, make a friend applies to everyone that you meet. You want to be that type of person in order to be successful in life, in sales, with your family, with your friends. Be nice. Make friends. There are some things that you should know to make it even easier to make that friend. In the Advanced Communication Skills audio series, you will learn everything that you need to know to make friends quickly and continue with the relationship. But if you haven't listened to that series yet, let's get you started here so you can begin to make friends quickly and build that strong rapport. The way that you process information is through your five senses also known as representational systems. Visual, which is seeing. Auditory, which is hearing. Kinesthetic, which is feeling. Olfactory, which is smelling. And gustatory, which is taste. Since smelling and taste are so closely related, we can combine those two representational systems. Those are your five basic senses. And for those of you who don't know, humans have 20 or more senses were only taught the basic five in school. Every experience, memory, even word, can be broken down into a four-tuple, which is a description that is made of visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and olfactory. V-A-K-O. In other words, anything that you think about or experience, you can ask these questions. How does it look? How does it sound? How does it feel, both physically and emotionally? And how does it smell and taste? Let me give you an example. Chocolate. You immediately have a representation of what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, and how it smells and tastes. You may even begin to get certain feelings throughout your body that you associate with chocolate. I have just made you experience chocolate just by saying the word chocolate. Understand? If I say the word dog, you instantly have a representation of dog in your mind. Now, your representation may be similar or vastly different to someone else's. You could have a beagle in your mind, and another person could have a Great Dane. It's a big difference. This is very important to remember as you strategically use your language on purpose. People tend to favor one of three senses, visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. So sight, hearing, and touch. Now here's the caveat on that. A person may favor their visual sense at work, but favor their kinesthetic sense at home. Let me explain. People who are favoring their visual system tend to speak faster, and we're seeing pictures in our mind, and we're trying to say a thousand words for every picture, and we're trying to get it out of our minds. A visual person tends to speak with their hands, making large gestures. A visual person will also use words like, I see what you're saying, or this looks good. Can we see that tomorrow? Could you tell me that again so I can get a clear picture? I have an image of that in my mind. Let me tell you what I'm seeing. 
Auditory people, on the other hand, favor their hearing. I jump into auditory when I listen to music. I have played piano since I was four years old. I took lessons throughout my life for 21 years. I've played with bands on tour. And music really moves me. Certain songs and even certain sounds bring up different memories for me. Auditory people will speak at a medium speed, just as I'm doing right now. Compare the speed of my speech now to when I was speaking in a visual modality. Auditory people, when they speak to you, use words like, I hear what you're telling me. That clicks with me. That rings true. It's as clear as a bell. That doesn't sound right to me. That sounds fishy. Auditory people will still use hand gestures, but their hand gestures are more restrained than people in the visual modality. Now, people who favor their kinesthetic modality tend to be more laid back. They really think about what they're going to say. When you say something to them, it may take a while before they respond back because they're processing everything. A lot of people think that people operating in the kinesthetic modality are not that smart. That is not true. They are just as intelligent as anyone else. They just process information in a different way. They speak slowly. They feel things. They'll use phrases when they speak, like, It's like a weight has been lifted off of me. I feel as cozy as a bug in a rug. That feels good. I have a handle on that. I'm trying to wrap my mind around what you're telling me. That's how people operating in the kinesthetic modality work. Now, here's the kicker. Someone could come into your office and they could be in a visual modality. In other words, they're speaking fast. They're using phrases like, do you see what I'm saying? And they're using huge hand gestures. Five days later, they come into your office and they could be in an entirely different modality. They could be an auditory, for example. They're a little bit more relaxed than when they came in before. Their speech has slowed down. They're saying things like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not understanding it. Or, can you tell that to me again? So the key is to gauge the person sitting in front of you at that time. I'm not a believer that you should label somebody as a visual person, an auditory person, or a kinesthetic person. I believe you should find out what modality they are operating in right now, right in front of you, and that gives you the information on how to communicate with them. What do I mean by that? Well, you need to communicate with people in the modality that they're operating from. So if you sit down in front of someone and you realize that they're in a visual modality, you should adjust your behavior so you're speaking faster, speaking with visual terms like I see what you're saying, hey, that looks good, and making hand gestures, sitting up straight, moving quickly. If you recognize that the person is operating out of an auditory modality, 
You should slow your voice down just a little, make it medium speed. Say things like, I hear what you're saying. Tell me a little more about that. You know, what you just said really rings a bell with me. And if they're in the kinesthetic modality, you want to slow way down and think about things and speak to them in terms of feeling. I believe I have a handle on what you're telling me. And to me, it feels like you would like to solve this particular problem. Do I have that right? Think about speaking with someone in another language. In order to communicate with that person, you have to speak that person's language. It's similar to what we're talking about here. In order for that person to really hear you and understand you and relate to you and become a friend of yours, you have to relate to that person in the modality that they're operating from. And like I said, that could change from interaction to interaction. So always be in the moment and recognize what modality people are operating from and match them. And matching them is a very subtle way to build rapport and make friends with someone by using the words that they are using and the tonality of voice that they are using. And if you add in body language, you can move and sit and make gestures the way that they do because they will see you as a friend. When two people are like each other, they tend to like each other. That's my definition of rapport. What you want to do is have them looking in a mirror. In other words, they see themselves in you. No one's going to catch you unless you're matching and mirroring someone's tick or some bad habit that they have. I don't recommend that you do that. But you can match and mirror their words, their tonality, and the gestures and the postures that they take. Other ways to make friends. When you meet someone for the first time, people put you into one of three categories, and you do the same thing to other people. And this is something that you don't really control. This is way back in the caveman days, and they had to find out if this person in front of them was an enemy or a friend. So the categories that you and everybody else on this planet puts people into are, are you a mate or a friend? Are you someone that they want to get to know? Are you safe to be around? Number two is, are you an enemy? Do I need to fight you? Do I need to run away? And number three is indifference. You're not a friend. You're not an enemy. You're just there. When you meet new people, ideally you want to be put in the mate-friend category. The indifferent category is when you're walking down the sidewalk and you smile at someone who passes you. A few steps later, you don't even remember seeing that person. That's indifference. You want to be remembered. You do not want to be indifferent. Even if you put someone in the enemy category, you'll remember them. And if somebody puts you in the enemy category, they remember you. So if I had to pick, I'd want to be put in the enemy category before indifference. I want people to know me. I at least have a chance of getting out of the enemy category into the friend category. You can automatically activate the mate-slash-friend category by doing certain things when you meet someone. Not only meet them the first time, but every time that you run into them. Number one, smile. When you put a smile on your face, people are less guarded. 
and they'll tend to put you in that mate-friend category. It has to be a real smile, though. It needs to be a Duchenne smile. You can tell the difference between someone who's given you a polite smile and a Duchenne smile, because when you see someone with a Duchenne smile, you naturally feel positive emotions for that person. The smile is distinctive, with the mouth turned up, the cheeks lifting, and the eye sockets crinkling to create crow's feet. So what makes a Duchenne smile so special? The Duchenne smile is different from a non-Duchenne smile in several ways. First, the Duchenne smile uses muscles in the lips, the cheeks, and in the eyes. A polite smile doesn't reach the eyes, but it resides only in the lips and possibly the cheeks. Second, the Duchenne smile is considered a natural smile of enjoyment. In the past, the consensus among researchers was that a true Duchenne smile couldn't be faked. More recent research calls that into question. Now researchers spend more time trying to find out how we can benefit from and how we can produce the Duchenne smile. The most effective way that I found to produce the Duchenne smile is to really be happy that you see another human being. Practice that, because if you're truly happy about meeting new people or seeing a friend that you made in the past, you will automatically smile this way. So you have to like what you do, and you have to like interacting with other people. So have fun. In addition to the smile, you should use open gestures to get put in the mate-friend category. By using open gestures and spreading your arms, you show that you are friendly and that you are not to be feared. You have no weapons in your hands or arms. And remember, this is a response that your brain has from back in the caveman days. We want to make sure that this person is safe, so you want to look safe to get put in the mate-friend category. And a third thing that you can do to raise your chances of being put in that mate-friend category is raise your eyebrows. Think about a time that you saw an old friend walk into the room. Think about what you did. Maybe you waved at him. Maybe you yelled at them. But when you make eye contact with somebody that you know, you unconsciously raise your eyebrows. This shows a sense of friendship. So smile, genuinely. Have open gestures and raise your eyebrows. That will help you make the connection and get put in the mate-friend category. As always, practice all of this information in a safe environment. Go have fun. Practice with family. Practice with strangers, with friends, with everybody that you meet. And then use everything that you've mastered in the sales setting. Thanks for listening to No Clear Direction. Again, my name is Bill Gladwell, and I do want to hear from you with questions and comments. You can contact me through my website at hypnosisforhumans.com. Now get out there and be nice, my fellow humans. Hey.